Running away from home is not a recent phenomenon. Folkloric heroes Huckleberry Finn and Davy Crockett fled their abusive fathers to find adventure and employment. Although some youth today also leave home due to abuse and neglect, they often endure far more negative outcomes than their romanticized counterparts from an earlier era. Without adequate and safe shelter, runaway and homeless youth are vulnerable to engaging in high-risk behaviors and further victimization. Youth who live away from home for extended periods may become removed from school and systems of support that promote positive development. Runaway and homeless youth are vulnerable to multiple problems while they are away from a permanent home, including untreated mental health disorders, drug use, and sexual exploitation. They also report other challenges, including poor health and the lack of basic provisions. After this break, I'm going to be speaking with Michelle Gear, the executive director of Eddie House, a local nonprofit dedicated to ending youth homelessness in Northern Nevada. If you're interested in solving the homeless and at-risk youth crisis in Northern Nevada, stick with us. We'll be right back. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. Investing in the development of homeless youth is not only humane, but also cost-effective. Cities across America spend between 30 to 50,000 annually on a single homeless person. And that does not include the cost to use emergency rooms as their primary care or becoming incarcerated. My guest today is Michelle Gear, the executive director of Eddie House, who has a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master of science in social work and has spent many years working with young people and through Eddie House has created a vision and focus which is now poised to become a national model on solving youth homelessness. Michelle, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about this crisis. Explain it. <laughs> well, Eddie House is the central intake and assessment facility for all homeless youth in northern Nevada. 71% come from Washoe County, 8% from rural Nevada, so this is a Nevada issue. Uh, we are, we've seen a, an incredible increase. Uh, in 2017, we had 769 individual homeless youth come through Eddie House. Um, that's an increase from 2016, where we had 504, and less than 200 in 2015. So this is a growing problem. Uh, we're seeing an increase in homeless youth uh, as a result of the housing crisis and other social issues. So let's describe what does Eddie House do for these homeless youth, then? So we're a little bit different in that case, traditional case management does not work for this population. Everything has to be relationship-based. So we start with eye contact, handshaking, and a conversation with an adult. We find that if you don't have basic social skills, then you cannot hold a job, you cannot raise your children, you cannot have a healthy relationship. Our kids are coming out of homes where uh, they have had uh, to endure child abuse, domestic violence in the home, drug and alcohol in the, in the home, which we're seeing an increase of in this community and they end up on the streets. 71% say that they're safer on the streets than they were living in homes, in their homes. 
Um, so we start with that, that connection, those real lasting permanent connections. Um, often my staff are the first adults that they have been around that haven't tried to exploit them. And then we move to care and comfort services, so food, showers, clothing, and a safe place to be. Eddie House has had 104 kids in a space of less than 1,000 square feet with no conflict. So that really tells you about the investment that the kids have in Eddie House. Uh, finally, we partner with about 30 different agencies throughout uh, this community to bring services on site because it is unrealistic for us to send kids to 14 different bus stops to get one thing. So we do everything from uh, essential documents like birth certificates, identification, social security cards, um, to trauma-informed yoga, music and art therapy, job and life skills, healthy relationships groups, substance abuse groups, um, everything the kids need. We are a data-driven agency, so everything is data-driven and youth-centered, and it's really a unique model uh, that works with the kids. Mm, interesting, and so do you find that once a kid has finally reached out to you, you know, they're still in a space where they can accept that help and then have somewhat of a positive outlook for their future. I mean, I know we can't save them all, but this is a phenomenal step that we have in our community. Well, the data shows that if you intervene uh, in the life of a homeless youth before the age of 25, 85% of them go on to be lead productive contributing lives. And that's really what our push is, is self-efficacy. If you can overcome a challenge with, with grace and dignity, then you go on to be a productive citizen. And that's what the goal is. Um, it's the kids trust staff, so it's those relationships. You know, I really make sure that we're not punitive, and we communicate with the kids. We have a progressive discipline plan. We practice PBIS, uh, which is positive behavior interventions and supports. Uh, rules and, and expectations are posted and, and and spoken about. They have a real understanding of how to interact with each other. So, it's it's important that we as a community really prep them to become uh, community members. They don't age out into the, old, the adult system, and that effectively ends homelessness altogether if you can intervene uh, in a positive way and really teach them the social and emotional skills that they will need to be productive adults. Yeah, because we know the alternatives. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And they, they are very invested, and um, it's a challenge because they have so many issues. We are 100% trauma affected. So 100% of our kids say that they are sexually or physically assaulted on the streets at least once a week. And this is happening in downtown Reno. Wow. And of course, you know, those of us that go home every night, we don't think about that. And so you're like, really, this is happening on our streets every night? It's, it's, you don't see it. And if you're not hanging out downtown at night, because Eddie House right now is a day program, we close at five o'clock. We release the kids back on the streets to be beaten or sold, and we don't think about it. If, if it's not in your face, it's not on your radar. Um, and, and also, we think of homelessness as, as the older person pushing the shopping cart and being dirty. Um, that is not the case. The kids just want to be normal. As oftentimes, they don't even identify as being homeless. They really view themselves as, as experiencing a bump in the road. This is a temporary thing. They're going to be fine. So. Um, they, they really have to drill down. You have to ask them, you know, really, where did you sleep? Because they'll tell you, I slept in my house. And it's usually an alleyway mm -hmm. or, you know, a, an abandoned car or an abandoned building. What is it that we as a community should be thinking about or doing, obviously supporting Eddie House, but more important, there are a lot of, like you said, you're partnered with a lot of organizations. 
So what is it we as a community need to do to step up to make sure that we're not pushing these kids out at five o'clock at night to sleep on the street and then expect them to get to school or a job? Well, first thing is understanding that these are our kids, because I hear the narrative a lot that they're from other areas. This is a Nevada problem, and we need to accept that it's happening. Um, the next thing is really uh, just understanding the root of, of homeless youth. They're homeless for different reasons than the adult population, and understanding that they just want to work and be normal. So we need support. We need a 24-hour facility where the kids can sleep. Could you hold a job if you were up all night, if you'd been assaulted, if your things were stolen, if you didn't have identification? I mean, I have kids that come in through Eddie House that don't know what their birth name was or where they were born. Try getting a birth certificate. Um, without that, you can't work. You can't go back in school. You can't really do anything. This is common. Do we find that in that population, is it more girls or more boys? Initially, when I came here in 2016, we had uh, more males, so it was about 73% male. Just because girls at first had an alternative to homelessness, they either had boyfriends or pimps. Um, that has changed. As the girls heard about a safe place to be during the day, they started to come in. We're about 49% female, 51% male now. All right, and obviously, if you're out on the street being assaulted, then becoming pregnant becomes a, <laughs> a reality, right? 34% of our kids are pregnant or parenting. Um, oftentimes, their children are removed because they are not in a stable living situation. Right, so as I really started to research Eddie House and homeless youth, I mean, this is one of those truly systemic problems at the core, which leads to future problems. So adult homelessness, incarceration, youth pregnancy. Now we've got more kids in the foster system. A lot of these kids were pushed out of the foster system. Now we're sending their children into the foster system. So it is cyclical. It's, it's incredibly frustrating to me to know that 70% uh, of Eddie House kids had an IEP or special education plan while they were in school, usually as a result of trauma. We are seeing in this community because of the changing economy and some of the stressors, an increase in child abuse, domestic violence, and drug and alcohol abuse. We don't have the supportive services to, to help these families during these times of crisis. And so we're seeing teenagers being pushed out onto our streets. And we're just not aware. It's not in our face. And so we, everything we do is trauma-informed, real trauma-informed. I mean, that's where I come from, is really understanding how to relax that fight-or-flight response. Uh, most of our kids are suffering from PTSD. And then they can take in some extraneous information if they can calm that response. And they can learn basic social skills and work skills and life skills. I have kids coming out of systems that don't know how to make a doctor appointment. So, you know, that's really where we start is just basic, basic. Things that you would learn if you had a supportive home to grow up in. Mm -hmm. We have to go to break. When we come back, I'm gonna pick up with Michelle Gear, who is the executive director of Eddie House. And if you are listening and you are in this community, I need you to pay attention because we're gonna talk about how we, as individuals, business owners, and other uh, nonprofits can help. Uh, let's solve this, shall we? Perfect. <laughs> we'll be right back. Extraction Jackson. Here's what people are saying about CJ's recommended carpet care. 
Michelle Holbert. I have used Jack several times and he's fantastic. He's cleaned my own carpets, several of my rental properties. I've been very happy. My tenants have really been surprised at how nice the carpets look after he's completed them. Tile, grout, carpet, upholstery? Call 829-1551 or visit cjscarpetcare.com. Extraction Jackson. He's the best. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show, having an enlightening conversation with Michelle Gear, Executive Director of Eddie House. And Eddie House is a nonprofit, local nonprofit organization that deals with homeless youth. And of course, the vision and the mission is to end it, right? However, every year you're serving more population. And so Michelle, let's, let's talk about if, you know, I'm a community member, whether I'm just an individual or I own a business, what is the economic impact that homeless youth is having on my community and me as a taxpayer? We know that the average city spends between 30 and $50,000 a year on a single homeless person. We know that Reno, and Washoe County spend about $40,000, so right in the middle. Um, so if half of Eddie House kids access the emergency room, are incarcerated for any reason, and, and they are, uh, to about 89% for loitering, uh, trespassing in the casinos, uh, hanging out downtown, they're picked up all the time. Or if they access the adult shelter, and that's about 8% of our population, that it's costing our city and, and taxpayers about $12 million conservatively uh, every year. However, we lost a kid last year. He was sleeping in a weekly motel with about 15 other kids. He was breathing in a lot of the yuck that's in there and he got a bacterial infection in his respiratory system. It traveled into his heart and he died of heart failure after two months in the hospital. He was uninsured. His hospital bill alone was $2 million. So we estimate that it's probably closer to $20 million that our community is spending just to keep kids on the street. It doesn't make economic sense. Eddie House served almost 800 kids last year on $417,000. We know that an overnight facility, we can spend about 1.2 million a year, and that's doing job training, getting the kids educated with their GEDs or high school diplomas, and, and getting them stable and out in the community as community members, as working adults, as successful parents. It, it will save millions and millions of dollars. Well, not only that, you, you know, give hope to a child that wants to you know, put the past behind and move forward. Absolutely. And so one of the things that I was stunned when I was you know, really trying to learn about Eddie House was the fact that you guys close at five o'clock. And so while you do all this great work during the day, we're still putting these kids back out onto the street at night. So I know that right now, one of your important missions is to figure out how do we keep these kids 24 hours? Well, that's been the, the issue. We can stabilize them during the day, we can get them working, but they cannot hold jobs or continue their education if they haven't slept all night, if they have no place to shower or use the facilities. So we are moving toward an overnight facility. We hope to have it open um, before winter. It's, it's crucial that these kids do not spend another winter out on the streets. We have identified a building. We are moving toward a capital campaign. Uh, we are in negotiations right now to try and secure a safe place for them to be overnight and really work on that workforce development piece and the education piece, um, bringing in businesses, having a place for our kids to go and learn trade or learn business, 
Um, it's, it's so important, but we need a place for them to be at night. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a funding reason that we close at, at five o'clock, um, but I think it's the more, the more the community understands what's happening and the more invested the community gets, I think that this will be a priority. We have to ask ourselves, do we really want our kids sleeping out on the streets? Absolutely. So if people are interested in learning more about Eddie House, your capital campaign, or hey, maybe they have a big empty building that they'd like to uh, put to use, um, do you want them to reach out to you directly, go to your website, what is that? They can uh, reach out to me directly. My email address is director at eddiehouse.org and our website is www.eddiehouse.org and uh, they can call us. Our, uh, our admin line is 775-686-6244. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what happens if this doesn't happen. I mean, you've got seven to 800 kids that you're serving right now. Next year, you're gonna end up with more and all we're doing is, like you said, this is a cyclical issue that this kid is either gonna end up um, deceased, in prison, or really struggling to do anything, get a job, go back, you know, stay in school, all of that. I know you work with the school district, I know you work with a lot of people, but it just seems so odd that we've identified the fact that these kids are out on the street every night, and yet the, it's like glacial movement to get this done. I think that Northern Nevada has an opportunity. Uh, we're not interested in managing this problem, we're interested in solving youth homelessness here. We are not New York or San Francisco, this is a solvable issue. We're seeing 40 new kids to the street every month. I mean, it, that's ridiculous, especially in our community. We take care of our own here. So I really think that it's an opportunity. The community has to decide that this is important and, and really take ownership and, and decide that you know, they're gonna step in and, and, and solve this. We see this as a national model, showing other cities, like cities, how to solve the problem. And I think we can do it, um, you know, saving money and, and preventing overall homelessness um, as, as they don't age into the adult system. Yeah, well I know that when it was founded, it was uh, initially founded on the fact that, you know, you've got a lot of kids in the foster care system, they age out at 18, they don't have a lot of, basic life skills. I mean, I just look at when my daughter turned 18, I didn't just open the door and go get out, but that's what happens. That is what happens. <laughs> and oftentimes before their 18th birthday. So we're seeing, you know, the majority of our kids were uh, out on the streets by 17. Some fell through the cracks and didn't even go into the foster care system. About 56% have had contact with the foster system. Uh, 20, about 28% aged out. They're also aging out of juvenile justice. They're just, there's no place for them to go. And with a housing shortage, it's becoming harder and harder uh, to work a minimum wage job or a part-time job and find a nice place to live. And by nice, I mean, you know, something safe. Uh, really, you know, I, I don't, success for us is not that they're all doctors and lawyers. It's that they're working, that they're taking care of their families, that they're able to communicate with each other and have healthy relationships. That's what success is for us. Mm -hmm. And so as a community member, how can, you know, besides financial support, obviously, what are other ways that I can help um, solve this? Well, by spreading the word, obviously sharing us on social media, talking about us. I, I speak at all kinds of things. I would be happy to come and speak to a group I've been in people's kitchens, um, in their living rooms, uh, at churches, at businesses, at uh, 
events, you name it. I will go and talk about this issue. It's so important, and, and we do have an opportunity here. We also need things like um, cup of noodles, snacks. If you go on our website, we have a wish list. Our Facebook page has the same wish list, and uh, really uh, just looking to see what we need at the, at the time. Right now, we're really low on men's underwear. We always need socks. We always need deodorant. Mm -hmm. So simple, basic things that we take for granted. Right. So if you're out shopping, throw an extra pair of socks or deodorant in your shopping cart, and then do we just deliver them to Eddie House, which is located where? We're located at 423 East 6th Street between Record and Valley. It's a small house. It's got a sign. You can't miss it. Um, we take donations Monday through Friday, 10 to 5. Do you take clothes? We do take clothes, however, we've gotten an influx of, of clothing from the community right now and we just don't have the space to store it. We are operating the space of about 1,200 square feet, um, so with 50 to 70 kids a day, we don't have the space to store clothing right now. So hold off on the clothing until we get the larger facility. All right. So let's talk about, you know, if I'm an at-risk youth and I'm on the street and now I've discovered Eddie House. What are some of the things that I can expect when I show up? So I know that you're helping me with basic things like, you know, getting ID and, and filling out applications, but am I going to be able to take classes? I mean, what is it that you're also providing? Well, kids come in off the street. It's all word of mouth. We don't outreach. Uh, we don't need to anymore. Um, so they come in. We have every new client fill out um, a digital assessment. It's an interview process. It asks everything from age of their first significant loss to what they want to be when they grow up, to medical and, and education history, to social history. You name it, we track it. Uh, we also track basic demographics every day, so name, age, race, ethnicity, and where they spent the night the night before, whether or not they need essential documents. Then we move into uh, basic needs. What do they need right now? Do they need rest? Do they need food? Do they need a shower? Do they need clothing, a change of underpants? Um, and then they can take classes all day long. We have everything from life skills, which teaches things like how to make a doctor appointment, what is a lease, what is car insurance, um, how do I fill out my, my uh, employment information, um, all of that. We have job skills. We do uh, therapy groups. We have an on-site uh, licensed marriage and family therapist, so the counseling is taken care of. We have a resource manager and a programs manager. So an entire staff devoted to finding out what their individual needs are and then filling them as best we can. And then also as a business owner or community member is, you know, am I reaching out to you to say, look, I've got openings, I want to hire some of these kids or? Absolutely. We love that. The challenge becomes, like our kids have no problem getting jobs. We can get jobs all day long, but can you hold a job if you're sleeping on the street or not sleeping at all, as the case may be? So um, that's really where the challenge is. Without that overnight piece, people don't understand why they can't uh, show up. Well, maybe they can't show up because they haven't slept in three days or they've had their backpack stolen or they've been beaten or sexually assaulted. Hmm. To find this next location that is going to help you provide overnight shelter for these kids, I mean, what kind of money are we talking about? Well, with the price of real estate going up and the gentrification of downtown, um, that's been the challenge. We estimate that we can find a building for under $2 million, um, probably about a million and a half. Uh, we know that it depends on the building, but there's going to be tenant improvements. 
Um, so we need to factor that in. And then our budget for operating, and that's fully staffed, 24 hours a day with all of the classes I mentioned, classroom and therapy space, a kitchen, um, all of these things that we need, it's about 1.2 a year. Mm -hmm. And how many kids will that house at night then? We estimate that we will serve 1,000 kids this year. Um, we, we see between 50 and 70 a day. The nighttime uh, facility is scheduled for 50 beds with four emergency beds, additional four emergency beds. Or so you could do bunk beds absolutely. and get 100. We could. We, <laughs> we want to keep it manageable because we do fully staff and, and it's very secure. We, like I mentioned before, we, we, we've had 104 kids in that small space and no conflict. We want to keep it that way. All right. Well, Michelle, thank you for being here. And you. just, you know, as a final thought, this is an issue that we can solve. And so in our northern Nevada community, we as community members should be looking at this because this is one of those root causes of what costs us a lot more down the road. So if you want to learn more about Eddie House, you want to have Michelle come speak at your next event, or you want to write a check to help get these kids off the street, then go to the website eddy, E-D-D-Y, house.org. You'll see their wish list. You'll find out more about what they're doing. And as a community member, my heart was breaking as I was learning more about what you're doing in our community and the need for your services. So let's, uh, let's make sure this is one of those nonprofits that doesn't have to survive into the next decade. How about that? Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> we really appreciate you, know, you taking an interest and, and, and allowing me to come here and speak. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening to The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified.